Let's go to God's word this morning. Enough of this. So, amen. Exodus chapter 3. Let's stand for God's, for the reading of God's word. The next time will be on you. Amen. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus 3 verse 5. Then we'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 29 to 31. Thank you all. Thank you, Jesus. And he said, can we read verse 3 together? And he said, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. First Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 29. First Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 29. Just lay foundation from this and we go. The, priest, the, the, the next verse is a popular verse, but it's important that we lay the foundations that we read the Bible contextually. Amen. 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 It says that no flesh should glory in his presence. Keep the scripture before we go to the next verse. No flesh means that, that no works, no physical support system would take glory in his presence. And then go to verse 30. Go to verse 30. 30 says, verse 30. I didn't struggle like this in London. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, that's another word for holiness, and redemption. So keep the scripture. So what God required from us, Jesus became for us. The preceding verse says that no flesh should glory in his presence. That means we cannot take credit for the next verse. Are you listening to me? That's the preceding verse. We can't take credit for the next verse. Because of, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto you wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Next verse, and then we, we, we preach from there. 31. Verse 31, glory to God, glory to God. Verse 31, glory to God. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So if you're going to Shout about your righteousness. You're going to shout about the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you're going to shout about your holiness, you're going to shout about the holiness in Christ Jesus. If you're going to shout about wisdom, you're going to shout about the wisdom of God. You know, people say you read Proverbs every day and you'll be wise. No, Jesus is the wisdom of God, not the book of Proverbs. You can read Proverbs and still not have wisdom. But once you have the wisdom of God that is Christ, when you read Proverbs, it will become better for you. Because wisdom is a person, his name is Jesus. Are you listening to me? So... We do not glory in our flesh. We glory in what God has done in Christ. I have an interesting topic this morning. And the title of my message is, I'm not a regular guy. I'm not a regular guy. Yeah. So look for somebody around you who thinks you're a regular. And say, no, I'm not a regular guy. I'm not. No, you didn't say it well. So anybody who say to any because in your mind, you say, ah, I'm not a regular guy. You might not talk so, help me preach to your neighbor. Say, Pastor said you're not a regular guy. Uh -uh. One brother has not said it. I'm waiting for you. Tell your neighbor, I'm not a regular guy. Father, thank you for the anointing that makes teaching and preaching simple. Through your weight in this building, be glorified. Let your name be glorified. Let your people be edified. Let the devils be terrified. In Jesus' matchless name. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I say this all the time and I'll keep saying it. 
The gospel is not a threat message, it's a love letter. One more time. The gospel is not a threat message, it's a love letter. Every time you leave a church and you're looking sad, depressed, or confused, you did not hear the gospel. I'll say that again. Every time you leave a church gathering and you're looking sad, depressed, or confused, you did not hear the gospel. You did not hear the gospel because it's good news. That's what it is. You can't hear good news and be looking sad. That means that news is not really good. Do you understand what I'm saying? Have you ever seen some people just smile and say, ah, wait a minute, you don't hit jackpot. That means that something really powerful happened to you. So every time you come to church and you do not, you go home and you're not excited, you're not alive, you're not, you didn't hear the gospel. You heard something else. One woman actually said to me growing up as a child that she doesn't like churches when they leave and people are excited. That usually when you go to church and you're leaving church, you should be sad. You should be solemn. You should be, you should be sober. That's the word. You should move feeling, no, 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 no. You can't hear good news and be feeling bad like that. Even if you are crying, it will be tears of joy. Are you listening to me? It will be tears of, let me tell you the truth. There's a way good news will jack you up, eh? You just discover that you have should apart. I'm not, I'm not joking. You, you, your steps will just change. You know, when I started church and we're believing God to pay for the first room, the biggest, you know, that was the, you know why I keep talking about it? That was the green light that God gave to me. And the bill was daunting. It was 24 million. Somebody had dropped 5 million and said, okay, manage this. Another guy said to me, and one lady said to me, my husband needs to see you. I went to see the guy, sat before the guy for the first time in my life. I had not met him before. He said to me, my wife was talking about blah, blah, blah. God said to give you 15 million. I comported myself very well, but I was jumping inside. What he does not know is that when I got to my car downstairs, I took 30 seconds to dance. Like, I, I turned around again. I just I looked at the mirror. I didn't see me. I entered my car. I shook myself. Because you can't hear good news and your face is like armpit. You, you can't. It's not possible to, to hear good news. In the same way, you can't leave the one who is goodness himself. God does not have goodness. He is goodness himself. Do you understand? You can't meet goodness himself and you're leaving church, you're looking like a pillar of salt or like the first lady of the state of emergency. What's, what's, you didn't hear good news though. They threatened you in the church. They threatened you in the church. Somebody say, no, but people, you don't understand. When we start preaching some very deep things, people will be sad. People, you, 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 you know, you know, because you, you don't just preach about God. God is love. God, God, God sometimes can just be angry. No, God is not two-faced. God does not have mood swings. God is not bipolar or schizophrenic. That's not who God is. Let's stop confusing God. No, that's not who God is. Where, you know, today, God may just be good to you tomorrow. If you behave anyhow, he can deal with you. No, that's not who God is. You do anyhow, you collect from God. That's not who God is. God is constant. He never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So that whole idea of, oh, no, no, that they're always telling God love. No, no, it's a lie. They should preach about the, 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 the anger of God. Who is God angry with? He's not angry with me. Because Jesus took my anger on the cross. So let me show you something in the book of James. Give me James. Um, James chapter 1 verse 17, KJV, and he gave me a message. He says, every good gift... And every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom 
There is no, you know the meaning of variableness? That means there is no probability with God that if you're, if you're born again, you, maybe you can make heaven or maybe you will not. No, 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 no. God doesn't have probability. Everything about God is so certain. It's so certain. Variableness, not that shadow of turning. Give me the message translation. Give me the message translation. Let's, let's delve into this. Message translation. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. Watch this. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in God. Nothing two-faced. See, when I said you thought I was just rhyming. There's no, no two-faced. Nothing fickle in God. He's constant. He's constant. So when you hear about God and he's confusing you, you should know that, no, no, this is not God, though. It's like they're describing somebody else here. And that's the spirit of the DJ. You know God is loving, but he's a consuming fire. To who? <laughs> to, to, is he consuming you with fire? Let me tell you. Let's, let's ask ourselves the question. If God is really a consuming fire, do you know how many of us? Roasted corn or yam. No, no, I'm not joking. Do, do you know the things you do from even leaving church or the ones you did from entering church? If God, yes, from your journey to church and your journey out of church. If God is really a consuming fire, even here right now, from this spiritual corner to the, to the Mopo corner, all of us, one chance, it will be burnt offering to the Lord. Bonner boy, straight, Asu. Are you joking? If God really said, yes, from here, that will look like the Holy of Holies. So the security man, if God really is a consuming fire, like you claim it with all your full chest, do you think you will be standing? It's of the Lord's message that we are not consumed. Babe, stop it. Stop misrepresenting God. So you say, but if you break the edge, the serpent will... I don't even want to talk about that scripture. You think if it's by like that, serpent will buy. Do you know the serpent that will be in church on Sunday morning? Now church will go start from Anaconda. Everybody. They bite us, die. They will swallow us, not even bite us. So God is constant. But we try to, you know, if it's too good, it's not good. Let's just, let's put the fear factor in there. Let's just, let's, let's to just comport people. If God in all his wisdom say we should describe him like that, please let's describe him like that. For God is love. God does not have love. He is love. So there is this whole idea of God maybe two-faced. Another thought again in churches, ah, people, you know, you know, you can, you can only, I should bring this time to church, thank you. This can only be talking like, you know, the church now, you don't preach about the rapture. When do you go to church and hear the rapture? Nobody talking about the rapture anymore. This new generation church. Is rapture a scary message to the believer? Rapture simply means, babe, your boo is coming. Oh, God. That's what rapture means. Rapture simply means, bay, your boo. That's why it's called a boo bay. You understand what I'm saying? Bay. Yeah, your boo is coming. If you are dating anybody that when he's coming to pick you, you are afraid. Please leave the relationship. Come. Come to me. Let me pray with you. Fast. Jackman. Don't do that. 
Rapture simply means bait your boo. It's coming. And it's coming to get you. It's not going to leave you behind. Okay. It's coming to get, it's not going to leave. It's so painful how believers are not sure of the rapture. It's so painful. Do you think, let me ask you a question. Let me ask all the businessmen. They are, they are in this front row a lot. So will you spend all your money, Jeremy, Ike, Balls, your whole family, nothing, that you now trade your two lovely children, everything of yours, my twin girls, eating, into an investment that is a probability? Oh, so you have sense. God does not have sense. No, because he gave his all, and you think he won't put eternal security. You, do you understand? You think he won't put eternal security? He won't insure it. Are you people joking? He didn't give you some. He gave his all. And you think the man who, he will not put insurance. Eternal insurance. But you, you, you insure your cars. I do, to reduce prayer point. But you think God will do that investment, the greatest investment of all time, putting his life on the line to save you without putting insurance to it. Come on now. Come on now, don't do that. But when we talk about the rapture, it looks like something that is scary. God is coming to kill us. Rapture, you know that? That great day is coming. Die great day. They usually wear coat, not suit. All men shall stand before the throne of God and give. I can't. I can't. I can't. And then you leave the church wondering, hey, hey, Jesus, so how you go be there? Will you be ready when the Lord? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm already ready because he made me ready. I'm already made for heaven. I was born from heaven. When heaven comes, heaven is coming to get heaven back to heaven. Are you listening to me? Stop putting believers on that pressure. You have to do before me. Boom, boom, boom. So as pastor just come today, we're talking about raptures. Hey, hey. The Bible cannot mean to you today, Jeremy, what it did not mean to his original audience. So we can't form our idea on rapture. Let's see what the Bible says about rapture. Give him my scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I believe. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. For the Lord himself, this is rapture, shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall what? Rise first. Next verse. 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. That's, you will never find the word rapture in Bible. The closest word to rapture in the whole Bible is caught up. So don't even try it. Rapture is not a biblical term. Caught up is the biblical term. <laughs> God. But I'm not lying. I know they your Bible now. Rapture is not there. It doesn't negate the idea of rapture, but I'm just saying the term in scripture is caught up. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Caught up together with, with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Watch verse 18. Watch verse 18. Wherefore, let's read it together. One, two, three, go. It is a scare one another with these words. 
It's good news. That means when you hear about the rapture, you're like, ah, oh boy, oh Jesus has come. Let's come and be going. Do you understand? Comfort one another, not scare one another with these words. This thing no hard night. The Bible, now, not give me that. Okay, give me in the message translation. Let's see, message. And the master himself will give the command, archangel thunder, God's trumpet blast. He will come down from heaven and the dead in Christ will rise. There will go first. Verse 17, let's go. 17, let's go. Then the rest of us who are still alive at the time will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the master. See verse 18, see this. Oh, we'll be walking on the air and then there will be one huge family reunion. So reassure one another with these words. Reassure. We're going for a family reunion. I know there are no family reunion in your house. You will not be happy because you have wicked aunties and uncles. But in heaven, it's not the same. It's beautiful. One big, one huge family reunion. Party after party. After more party and then more party. How can you be sad about that? How can you be sad about that? So it's a family reunion. So it says reassure one another. That means when you go, you see a brother going through stuff, say, bro, don't worry. We'll soon be out of here. We'll see Jesus one day. And we'll soon you see your brother. We'll see Omolade. We'll see Eric. And we'll do that. We become emotional because it's reassuring. Because they are not lost. We've gained them in glory. That's the, that's the, that's the party. They're never going to come to meet us. We're going to go to meet them. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the party. That's the party. Reassure one another with this. Not scare one another with this. So even the message of the rapture is what? It's good news. So there is no part of the gospel that is scary at all. Beginning to the end. Thank you for clapping. No part of the gospel. Begin. Do you know what 1 John chapter 4 verse 17 says? Let's see. 1 John 4, 4 verse 17. This is very powerful. I want you to read it slowly. Because there's something there that you keep missing. It's the B part of, of this. Let me show you. The B part of this. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. So the believer is not scared in the day of judgment. The believer has boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, the person that wants to judge you, you are like the person. He cannot judge himself. If he takes me to hell, me and him are going to open a new heaven in hell. And next we show up in hell. Be, see, and you know this thing, you'll be preaching Bible, eh? And then I go, you will use scriptures. Somebody will not come one K leg interpretation from Isaiah. Here is our love made perfect that we may have what boldness in the day of because as he is, so are we even in this world. I'm almost done. I will be very brief this morning. Glory to God. I care. I know I sense disbelief there, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Another talk. 
Do they preach holiness and sanctification in the church again? Even holiness and sanctification is not a threat message. Neither is it a pressure message. It's a revelation message. Are you listening to me? So even holiness and sac- it's not a threat message. It's a revelation message. Oh God. Matthew 27. Let me show you something. 3 to 5. Because what we think holiness and sanctification is, is being, be crying, being pious, be shaking in church. Can I show you something? Even Judas repented with tears, but still went to domination. Judas repented. Though. Judas is carrot. People say he did it because of money. You, do you know he didn't take the money? He threw the money back at them. As true and as honest as that repentance was or is, hey, why? because it was not premised on the finished work, zero. So any repentance that is not focusing on what Christ has done for you, but what you want to do for yourself, zero. See, and Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself. So Judas repented though. So they, do they preach repentance? I hope the repentance you're talking about is looking at what Jesus has done for you, not what you can do for yourself. Yeah, it's something that they're talking about. And both and both again the 30 pieces of and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, verse, verse 4. Saying, I have sinned, and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. Doesn't it look like true repentance? And they said, what is that to us? What's our business? Transaction done. Take your money and be going. If you don't want to take it, it's you that know. Sit down to that. That's, that's your business. Next verse. Next verse. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself after repenting. So any repentance that doesn't focus you back to the finished work on the cross of Calvary is going to destroy you. Because Judas would have just waited for Jesus to die, but he died before Jesus. He was trying to save himself. He would have just waited for Jesus to die for him, but he died for himself. He repented himself. It was not Jesus that repented him. Bad English, good preaching. You hear what I'm saying? You see that? So even repentance and all these pious, and listen to me, you know, I'm a church boy, bro. Listen to me. <laughs> I'm a church boy. Been here for a long time. You know the guy who preached on Wednesday, Bishop X? The first time I preached for him as a guest speaker was 2002. That's 20 years ago. And I know that all those long gown in church, they all go up. So holiness and sanctification is not a dress code. It's not a dress code. I go to church now, they, they're holy. See the way they, they dress. No, no, it's not a dress code, though. We had the, the former is a mischievous one. We had the member in church. She was like the God's first cousin. I'm not, I'm not even joking. She was holy. When she comes in the room, everyone will be, if you're eating biscuits in church, just follow it quickly. Because if she looks at you like this, <laughs> hey, you just start thinking of all your life, your sins. And tell her, she not got married, though. They're not getting married in church. After six months, she now born. So when they, when they announced the birth, people were counting February, March, April. No. Fumi says, it's not complete now. Mommy, she is nine months. This one is six months. They were doing the do. 
Holy baby came out. So holiness is not a dress code. It's in the heart. It's not in the skin. It will show eventually on how you carry yourself, but primarily it's not in your dress code. It's in your heart. It's inside transformation, not outward reformation or character modification. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So holiness is not, it's not all of that. It's beautiful. I've seen people who steal money in churches. You know those zealous ushers? Uh, if you know, if you know, go. If you go, rush you. You go check negative money for church. So holiness is not in your strong face. It's in your gospel heart. In the Old Testament, the Bible says, when Mount Sinai event happened, 3,000 people died just touching the mountain. In the New Covenant Acts, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, 3,000 people gave their life to Christ. So the gospel attracts, the law repels. Are you listening to me? So let's talk about this. Tell anybody I'm, I'm a different kind of guy. <laughs> Say one more time, I'm a different kind of guy. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not your regular guy. <laughs> Say it again, I'm not your regular guy. So if you see Leviticus chapter 11 verse 44, let's, let's delve into it. Leviticus 11 verse 44, Leviticus, it says, For I am the Lord your God, ye shall therefore sanctify yourself, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Be thou holy, for I am holy. First Corinthians what we read said Jesus has become sanctification to us. That means what God required from me, Jesus became for me. Because all of them, they couldn't even sanctify themselves. If you read this story very well, they did not achieve it. God did not even take them seriously. I've showed you before. So what, I, what God wants from me, the demand of God on my soul and on my behavior, Jesus said, no worry, I'll provide it for you. When we say things like, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. That means my report was flawed, was messed up. Jesus came, took my report card, and gave me his report card. It's a report. Nigerians, you understand report card system. Yeah. Jesus saw my report card, you are failed, and said, No, you can't go home, go to the Father like this. So collect my F9. And said, take straight A's. Now go to the Father. Don't go with your report. Go with my report. Because what God required from me, Jesus became for me. Go with the Father and say, Father, I have the report of Jesus. And once he sees the report of Jesus, you're justified. Whose report will you believe? Do you choose to believe the report of your behavior or the report of your position in Christ? Because the result of God, of Jesus giving to me, brought me into the God class. So right now, I am in Jesus' class. As he is, so am I in this world, and he is in my class. For he became seen that I might be made the righteousness of, the, of God in Christ Jesus. Is that simple enough? Yeah. You know, some of you in this place, you know, you used to edit your results that time. Just keep looking straight when you get to nod your head. You need to, you just, you just, you know. <laughs> See, the way one guy denies, but now you are they talk about. 
But this is what we call legal impersonation. Legal, God says, Jesus, go and impersonate him as he is. So that becomes what? Your what? Your report. Lift your hands in the name of Jesus. I refuse my report. Oh, somebody said, well, I refuse my report. I choose the report of the Lord. I choose the report of my revelation, not my situation. In the name of Jesus. Somebody clap your hands. Say amen, church. So, what is the meaning of holiness? Let's talk about, because we can't define holiness with our sentimental religious mindset. What is the meaning of holiness? Holiness is from the word hagiasmos. Hagiasmos. I think I gave, I gave media, media, media guys something to project with hagiasmos, like a picture of something I studied on hagiasmos. Holiness is hagiasmos. That's it. What is the Hebrew word for sanctification? That's holiness. The term is sanctification as used in the new covenant is hagiasmos. And means basically set apart. So holiness and sanctification is not sinlessness. It's set apartness. Uh, in the sense of being set apart from all else and dedicated for Yahweh's God, um, God's use, the work of grace at salvation sets the believer apart as separate from the holy, separate and holy unto Yahweh God. This is the meaning of holiness. It's not sinlessness. It's set apartness. That means I'm no longer the regular guy. I'm a different breed. So can I advise you? Because we don't even know how to pray. So when we want to pray for our food, we say, Father, I sanctify this food in Jesus' name. You are setting it apart. You should not eat it. That's the meaning of the word. You cannot define it. It has a definition. Are you listening to me? Say, Father, this food, I sanctify it in Jesus' name. It means it's preserved for the gods. Do you, do you, you sanctify? No, it means you should not eat it. In the same way, when you accepted Christ into your life, sanctification came into you and God is saying, you are preserved for me and me alone. You're not regular, you're set apart. Are you listening to me? Tell anybody I'm set apart. I'm different. That means what destroys other people can no longer destroy you and that's the power of holiness. Why? Because you are set apart. That means if destruction comes, it doesn't come. One of the best ways, it's not like I rejoiced about the event, was my mom and my grandmom traveled for one of those outreaches when I was young. And one of my dad's friends, oh, it's good to pray. It's good to pray, Reverend Ralph. It's my dad's best toe. It was my dad's best man at their wedding. He just drove into my house. There was no day, it was not the days of GSM. Pizza, pizza, pizza. My dad said, what's up? I see your wife under attack. I see your wife under attack. Let's pray. He didn't know that my mom and my grandma, and they entered, we have, every house has a prayer room. Aggressive prayers. The whole house was on fire. This was on, on a Saturday. In the evening, my mom came and said they were traveling for this occasion. I think it was a burial or something, and they met armed robbers on the road. They raped women. They took stuff from people. They did a lot. Guess what they gave my mother and my grandmother to do? To stay by the road and tell them if people are coming. They were set apart. That's holiness. I don't rejoice about the event, but I see what God did there. They were set apart for it. That means when destruction is coming, what you can actually declare, Father, I am holy. I'm set apart. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm sanctified. This destruction can't come. See, you see, you don't, you, see, you don't even know how to pray with holiness because you're afraid of holiness. You don't even know that holiness means I'm set apart. 
That means they are sacking people. But me, my office, I am set apart. Destruction is coming, whether fifth wave, seventh wave, I don't care. I am set apart. I know people will lose their job. No, no, but I am set apart. I know people, they don't know about me. I am set apart. Children are running my but I, my child and my family, we are set apart. I don't care what I, I am set apart. Doctor said to us last week, no, this blah, 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 blah. We have to induce. I told my wife, they are not inducing nothing. She's set apart. Induce fire. Nothing we induce fire. Nothing. Why? Revelation, I am set apart. Look at your neighbor, not say I'm not a regular guy. Say it well, I'm not a regular guy. Look at this church with two years. Does this look like a regular church? No. Did you see London church? Does that look like a regular thing? Look at your life. Did you look regular? Do you look like what you've been through? Not your neighbor one more time say, I'm not regular. Why? It is the set apartness of God that is upon your life that has preserved you when you would have died. But holiness, sanctification, that Christ has been made to you, set you apart. Or else you would have been dead. Tell your neighbor, I'm holy. Hey, the way your neighbor looked at you with unbelief, like, hmm? Nah. Please be bold and say, I believe the report of the Lord. I am holy. So I'm not trying to stop sinning to be holy. No. It is because I know that I am a holy that I stop doing stuff. The Bible didn't say do holy. It says be holy. So holiness is not what we do. It's what we be. So it's because I know I be this guy. That's why I don't do this stuff. So a child of God who keeps doing stuff that he or she shouldn't be doing is because she doesn't know or he doesn't know that he is really set apart. We're going somewhere with this. I'm almost done. Tell your neighbor I'm set apart. Say it with I'm set apart. It's what I call divine abrogated uncommonness. Divine abrogated uncommonness. That means this guy is not common. And the fact that he's not common is not something that he's doing. Is that there's something upon his life. I named the child sometime in London last week. The name of the child is Sakal. You know what Sakal means? Sakal means the invisible force of God. Yes, that's what it means. The invisible force of God. Hey. Esther is not, Esther was not supposed to be in the Bible, the book of Esther. Had no business being in the Bible. You know why? That is one book without the word God. There's no G-O-D in Esther. Esther has no God in it. So theologians were going to take the book of Esther out. But they sat to themselves and said, the book of Esther, while there is no God, there is the invisible force of God's grave. That's why they kept Esther. And now I can preach Jesus from Esther because Esther said, give me three days. What is three days? Death, burial, and resurrection. So it's the invisible force of God. In the same way, when you are set apart, guess what happens to you? You start having the invisible. So they'll destroy schools around you. They'll leave yours. And that's a prophetic word for you right there. They'll destroy things around you. Buildings will say, no, let's leave this one. Amen. For some reasons, no, I don't feel like touching this one. I went to preach in the east one time. Some guy drove me uh, in the east. I think a Sabbath from, you know. And I prayed for him because I felt led to pray for him. The next time I went to preach, he said, Pastor, thank you for that prayer. Because the next week, he was kidnapped with a lot of people. And whilst they were shooting on side, the head of the guy just said to him, hey, the other guy, come, come, come. Come, they go. That he was living with fear. Say, hey, 
they're going to shoot me as I'm going. That he showed up on the road and got back home. Till today, he cannot explain. And I said to him when I was, I said, I set you apart for greatness. I set you apart. Your life is preserved. That same prayer I pray over you this morning. In the name of Jesus, if your amen is strong enough and your faith is good enough, you are set apart for God's greatness. I said you are set apart for promotion. You are set apart for deliverance. You are set apart for progress. You are set apart for good deals. You are set apart for healing. You are set apart for miracles. You are set apart for manifestation. If this is your one, shout amen, somebody. Set apart. I'm set apart. Set apart. I'm not your regular guy. I'm not the regular pastor. You're not the regular producer. You're not the regular staff. You're not the regular. No, no, no. I am set apart. The hand of God is upon. I may not look like it, but I'm really set apart. I may not sound like it, but I'm really set apart. Because I am truly set apart for God's greatness. Acts chapter 10, 13 to 16. Let me show you something. Acts 10, 13 to 16. Let me show you this. Uncommon. And there came a voice to him. Arise. You know when Peter had this revelation? <laughs> Peter was hungry and went to eat. And had a dream where he was going to eat at night. That's not just to me. There's some of you who, who keep complaining that you are eating in the dream. You want to ask yourself, do you eat before you sleep? <laughs> Templates in scripture. So Peter slept hungry. And they had a revelation. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. God was giving Peter food. God was trying to show Peter grace. But Peter was stuck in the law. Next verse. Next verse, verse 14. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I can... I have never eaten anything that is common or, or clean. So the meaning of common is unclean. Yeah. In scripture, when you say common, it's unclean. Next verse. Next verse is 15. And the voice spake unto him again the second time. What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. That means if God has called you sanctified, do not call yourself common. Are you listening to me? If God has called you sanctified, do not call yourself common. Not your neighbor one time and say, I'm not a regular guy. Say it well, I'm not your regular guy. Oh, come on, I say it with I'm not your regular guy. When men are cast down, say it, when men are cast down, for me there is a lifting up. When men are falling, for me there's a rising. When men are demoted, I get promoted. I'm not your regular guy. I'm sanctified. I'm righteous. The redeemed of the Lord. When men go through stuff that will kill them, I come out shining because I'm not your regular guy. If this is your word, shout amen, somebody. What do you think happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in fire? They were not regular people. Daniel in the lions then, not regular people. I'm not regular. So when you go through stuff, and to go, you're not regular. It's coming out well. It's not regular. So, so some things will happen to you that you're like, this is not, it's not regular. Without any godfather, without any whatever, a church, two years like this, it's not regular. No, it's not regular. No, no, it's that you are so small, but you're a threat to the mighty ones. Let me not talk. You are so small. No, you are so young because they've wanted me to say stop saying small. You are so, but you are a threat to the to the mighty ones. Literally snapping picture and telling people you don't go back there. Why? You know when you are uncommon like that, don't pay attention to those things. though. 
It's a distraction. Just enjoy your uncommonness. Don't make noise. Focus. Peace when they scatter for ground, not they dig hole. How do I say that in English? Peace, urine that is... Oh, forget it. Urine that is not focused in a... <laughs> An unfocused urine doesn't create... Uh, doesn't create impact. Uh, as English student cannot even help me with this. So don't get distracted. Oh, who's she? Just tell yourself, I'm not a regular guy. So, see, the reason why you wouldn't even do crazy stuff, like everybody, you know, it is regular for everybody to steal, to make it, to do stuff to me. But you, you're not a regular guy. So I can't do I'm not a regular guy. I'm not a regular guy. Someone else says it's a normal thing right now. I say, man, you can have another family somewhere else. So your family, I say, I say it's a regular thing. I say, no, I'm not a regular guy. If that's regular to you, I'm not regular. Then I don't want to be that regular. Why? I'm different. I'm in Christ, and Christ is in me. The one inside of me is not regular. I'm not regular. I'm different. Not general, but I'm not a regular guy. Oh, come on, people struggle to parent, but I'm not a regular guy. Say it well, I'm not a regular guy. I'm different in every way. And you know, God, you know, we, when we think about holiness, we think about it as a, a difficult road to come on. You understand what I'm saying? But do you know that Christ has become the highway of our holiness? Oh, Isaiah 35, verse 8 to 10. Let me show you. Highway of holiness. And a highway shall be there. And a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. It's a highway. It's not a narrow way. Why? It's available for everybody. You, you know what they call highway? We don't have a lot in Nigeria, but we think we do. We really don't. Find my message on YouTube, The Way, right? The Highway, yeah. The Highway on YouTube, find it. It's about a year ago I preached that message. Yeah, find it. Somewhere sometime in March or April, I preached The Highway. Find it. Find it. No, it's, it's somewhere in March, April. It says, and the highway shall be there, and a way. You know, Jesus, Jesus now the highway. Yeah, it's the highway. It's the highway of what? Holiness. It's available for all of us. And the unclean shall not pass over it. That means even if you're unclean, you come on that road, you'll be clean. No? I'll show you now. But it shall be for those. The wayfaring men, though fools, yeah, shall not err therein. That means they are foolish people. But once they come on the highway, they can't err. Since we enter their brain on this highway. Because Jesus is the sense in the highway. It's the wisdom in the highway. Next verse, next verse, next verse, verse 9. No lion shall be there. This highway of holiness, no lion be there. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah is with you and in you. Nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And Christ has been made redemption to us. So we are qualified to come on the highway of holiness. Give me verse 10. Give me verse 10. Thank you, Jesus. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs of everlasting joy upon their heads and shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Tell your neighbor, I'm on the highway of holiness. Sit where I'm on the highway of holiness. I'm on the worldway of righteousness. I'm on the gateway of glory. I'm on the doorway of deliverance. I'm on the pathway of peace. <laughs> Glory to God. See, when you, 
Someone said, how do you do this? It's you understand the love of God for you. First John chapter 2, verse 15. Let me show you something. First John 2, verse 15. It says something very powerful. First John chapter 2, verse 15. Thank you, Jesus. It says, love not the world. Have you read the scripture before? There's a particular church that they love the scripture. <laughs> love not the world, neither the things that of the world. <laughs> love not the world, neither the things that of the world. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking to, you know it's funny. I heard they are changing what is hard. Because the leader has set some rules. Now they think he's backsliding. They did drama unity in his church. He saw this, the church suspended the drama team. Because it's a carnal thing. He knocked him and said, no. <laughs> Religion is more dangerous than witchcraft. I'm telling you. He says, let me show you this and I will go. If any man love the world, watch this. The love of the father. Not the love for the father. Are you seeing what I'm saying? The love of the father. Not the love for the father. Because in the preceding verse, he had said, hearing his love. Not that we love him, but that he loved us. And became propitiation for us. And we love him because he first loved us. He now says, if you are still in love with the world, it's because you have not encountered the love of God. The love of the father is not in you. Because once the love of the father comes inside of you, you will lose taste for certain things. You will lose taste. You lose taste. You know where I used to serve? There was a brother there who, anything on scared, was gone. Hey, Jesus. So he came to me, confided in me. I said, man, this is the, this is the beginning of your, your healing. Because anytime you expose something, it leaves. When you keep covering it, my mama says, if you get sore for a leg, you know they wear socks and boots. You go expose them to the sun. And Jesus is the son of righteousness. With healing in his wings. So he said that to me. I said, let's go through this. And I began to teach him the love of the father. He said, no, God hates me. I know what I'm doing. I said, no, God loves you. The next week they promoted him. He promoted him. He called me. Bro, they still promote me. I said, I told you now. God is not angry with you. Let's go through this. And we're dealing with it. The, one day he said to me, I brought the girls to my room. And I did it. It was no longer sweet again. I said, don't start to continue. He came again. After a while, he said, I just brought the baby. I gave them money. He said, let them be going. And then he reported himself to his wife. They went through the healing process. It was difficult, but he was honest. He said, you know what? This thing was going to kill me. I needed to kill it. And how we did, did we do it? It was not two steps, three steps, four steps. It was just encounter the love of God. Because once the love of God grips your soul, there's a level of lust. It can't hold you down anymore. Because something is holding your soul. Ah. Something is holding your soul. So even if it comes, it, it, it does not arrest you. You are able to shake it off because what has entered your soul is the uncommon nature. His weight control. The hagiosmos. Has come on you. My biggest testimony is not that I bought cars. I we had to dedicate cars. It means I even push my members and say, let me drive your car now. Let me, you bought car. No, we don't even do car dedication. It's people's lives that are changed. Yes. People, I'm no longer doing that married man again. I'm done. Yes. 
People, I was a keyboardist. I'm no longer doing the game. I've started my business legally. People, I was in the agricultural business, but no, this thing is doing me. Why? You know agriculture. You know agriculture, right? Yeah. Make a nice farming. They won't butter. Say, no, he brings healing. He has nutrients. <laughs> he has medicinal value that you can only get from smoking. He's a vegetarian. Yes, he's a vegetarian. You're right. But guess what? After a while, he can no longer have that grip on you anymore. Why? Something has gripped your soul. No rival throne survives. Because he's the only one sitting on the throne of your heart. Why? Hagiosmos has taken place. So when they called me in night, people, man, I said, what? I just sent them away. I said, what? See, man, I brought the babe, man. She tried, but, ah, man. Yeah, I know you're, you know, sweet again. I know, say, I'll fulfill Duhamu, but, you know. And we prayed over. He wept. He said, man, I'm going home. The wife thought he traveled for a trip, a business trip. I was going to trip him out of destiny. It's Hagiosmos. So the, the church must teach the gospel correctly. It's not a threat message. It's that the life of God comes inside of you and it starts changing you from within. Until you come to the point where you know, I'm set apart. When you see it, you know that I could have done this, but you know what? I'm set apart from this. So I'm not doing it to be set apart. It's because I'm set apart. That's why I'm not doing it. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. So I'm not doing it to be set apart. It's because I'm set apart. That's why I'm not doing it. So you begin to lose taste. It loses its grip on your soul. Because you know who you are in Christ now. Hallelujah. So when you want to eat, the Bible says, just bless your food and eat it. Stop sanctifying it. It's not, it's not, it doesn't. Some of you even do, I soak this food with the blood of Jesus. Are you, what is wrong? <laughs> Cannibals, you soak the food. <laughs> I don't understand. Where did you get it from? Who did you see pray like that in the scripture? I soak this food. With the, can, you, can you have a, a mental picture of what you're saying? Please, you soak the food. The... <laughs> and Nigerian, our parents have really messed us up. You go use your hand, carry your picking, go visit somebody. Tell and say, don't eat there on a wish. Why you carry and go there? Why you carry and go there? <laughs> Is it not true? Only you say, Junior... Yes, mommy, let's go. As I'm going there, don't eat so that auntie is a wish. You why you carry and go there? Why you go there? My immediate, my immediate younger brother was the champion. He go chop for go lock up. He will get home, they will beat him the next day. He will see, go and chop. Why? And you soak the food with the blood. The blood of Jesus was shed once for all time, once for all men, once for all sins. The blood is still not flowing. It's not flowing anymore. It was once and for all. It's, it's difficult for believers. Because when we're traveling, I soak the road with the blood. So you, you imagine 10 liters of the, of the blood just flowing on the road. No. The blood is an insurance statement. It's like you saying, dear me, that does your car, does your insurance cover flood? Does your insurance cover theft? So if the name of Jesus is a master key, the blood of Jesus is a receipt that you must constantly tender in the litigation junctions of destiny. So I can show my driver's lessons in Lekki. I may still need to show it again in Ikoi. So every time the devil comes, hey, the blood of Jesus. I have a receipt. It's not something that is flowing. No. You know they flow again. Stop using Ribina as the blood. Let's put the blood. You now put Ribina on a white G-Wagon like my brother. So, so you, are, you are sanctifying the car. I go push you. 
Stop it. Don't do that. It's not, it's not, that's not the blood. The blood is once shed for all time for, for all men. Some of you still carry anointing oil and you, Father, I mark this house with the blood of Jesus. That's not the blood. The blood was for remission of sins once and for all. Please. Hey, okay, another day. Let's, let's move. Let's, let's do this. Hallelujah. Let, let me wrap to a close. Let me wrap to a close. Amen. 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 Let me talk about the sin offering and the burnt offering and I'll close. I'll continue next time. What is the sin offering? Let me explain the sin offering. The sin offering is... You have to be the offering. <laughs> you say, you know what I want to do, so come. <laughs> the sin offering in the Old Testament, if I come before the priest which is Yahweh, because of your name. Stand up. And you wear white shirt today. <laughs> Pastor Philip Yahweh. I am the bad guy, but I'm going to my priest, and I'm bringing a lamb. Now, the lamb must be spotless, has its requirement. It must be young and everything. I bring this lamb to my high priest, who is Yahweh. Now, when I come to Yahweh, he does not examine me. He examines my lamb. Ah. So you are as good as your lamb. So he doesn't say, hey, you ain't come here. No, he starts examining the lamb. Once it's time, I lay my hands on the lamb and the lamb is killed. His life becomes my life. All my sins Poured out on him once and for all. That's the sin offering. Thank you. So in Christ, John the Baptist says, Now behold the Lamb of God that takes away, because in the Old Testament, sins were covered. So every year you had to bring bulls, but this one was one Lamb once for all time, once for all men, and once for all sins. And you are only as good as your lamb. That's powerful. That's the message. You are only as good as your lamb. So when the Bible says, now behold the lamb, John chapter 1 verse 29. Now behold the lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. For he made him to be seen for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you see that? And even when you look, let me go. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26 to 27. You see what the Bible says? That he, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Verse 26, uh, 26. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy. Did you see that? Hold on. Who does the presentation? He might present me holy and blameless. I don't present myself. He presents me holy and blameless. Are you seeing the scripture? Do you, can you see the scripture? 1 Thessalonians 5, 5, 16 to 24. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 24. I need to close. Rejoice evermore. Continue. Let's go. Rejoice. Pray without ceasing. Let's go. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's go. Quench, not suppress the spirit. You can't quench the spirit. It's with you for a lifetime. For I will be with you to the end of the ages. That's what the Bible says. It's not going to leave you. 
Next verse, let's go. Despise not prophesying. Next verse. I'm going somewhere, not this. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Next, next verse. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Verse 23. Let's go. This is the one that is a lot of weight for people. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the... Pastor Flory, see this one now. Keep it. The Bible says our soul, our spirit, and our whole body must be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What, what do you have to say about this? Read verse 24. Put it up there. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. It's not my job. Now in work, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. I said all this time, salvation is like surgery. You don't lie on the bed when they're doing surgery and you're telling the doctor, be careful my liver. You don't even touch my, you don't even touch my, you don't even touch my, my kidney without to know. You actually rest and sleep and let him do his work. That's what salvation is. Let him do his work. Stop telling him what to do. Stop struggling with him. Some of you have jumped out of the surgical room and you are moving. Now that's why there's a mess anywhere you go to. Because you have refused to sit down and let God do the work of Agiosmos within you. Are you listening to me? Because you have refused to sit down and let Agiosmos do his work. Anyway, you leave a trail of mess. You are bleeding. And guess what? The doctor keeps chasing you. He's Jesus. Amazing guy. Keeps chasing you. I'm not done with you. Let me walk with you. I want to walk in you. Let me clean this mess. Let me clean your mess. It keeps running. But you too, why are you running? 70 years old man, why are you running? Stay one place. It keeps running. Because Agiosmos must be done within you. Glory to God. Give me TPT verse 23 and 24. Let me see. TPT verse 23 and 24. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I'm not, a, I'm not your regular guy. Now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart. Did you see that? Set you apart. That's sanctification. That's holiness. Making you completely holy. Not partially holy. Completely holy. TPT. Tell your neighbor, I am completely holy. Now, because I know your neighbor did not believe you, say it again. Because you know your neighbor that you spoke to is not holy too in, in and of themselves. So nobody is the standard of holiness. It's God that is the standard of holiness. If he now says, I am holy, let me believe him, not you. So tell the neighbor one more time, I am completely holy. There is none holy as the Lord. I am completely holy with him. And may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body be kept completely flawless. I love that one. Tell the neighbor, I am completely flawless. When you keep acknowledging this position in Christ, you keep manifesting it in your life. Oh, glory to God. In the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Next verse, verse 24. Verse 24. The one who calls you by name is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete his work in you. Trust this God to complete the work within you. Are you seeing this? I love this. But there's the difference between the sin offering and the bond offering. The sin offering is God taking your sins away. 
The burnt offering is God giving you his holiness and his righteousness. That's why the sin offering doesn't bring fragrance to God, aroma to God. It is the burnt offering that brings aroma to God. So in the world, when you want to smell nice, you wear perfume. In Christ, when you want to smell nice, you acknowledge what God has done for you. Yeah, in Christ. When you start saying, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I am holy, then it becomes fragrance. That's what fragrance really means. Because that thing came from Leviticus. First, it was fragrance. It's actually... <laughs> so let's leave it. Sweet smelling savour is you acknowledging what Christ has done for you. Hebrews 10, 6 to, Hebrews 10, 6 to 10. Let me do this. Oh, God. I see I'm, I'm cutting everything because I want you to get ready for the concert. Hebrews 10, 6 to 10. In burnt offering and sacrifice of Do you see this? So you find that burnt offerings always come before sacrifice of sins. <laughs> this guy is just getting what I said. <laughs> Don't worry. He flew over a lot of people's head, but it's fine. <laughs> In burnt offering and sacrifice for sin, thou shalt know, thou, thou hast no pleasure. Next verse, let's go. Let's go. Verse 7. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Moses, you're getting it right? You're getting it right? Don't worry. You need to stay in Lagos for one month. You, you write new songs. Next verse. Watch this. Eight. Above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin. Burnt offerings always come before offerings of sin. Have you seen that? Always. Even in the five offerings in Leviticus, there's always burnt offering before the offerings of sins. Because God wants you to know that you are now him. He says, offering of sin, thou wouldest not, neither has pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Verse 9, let's go. Verse 9, let's go. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first covenant that he may establish the second one. Give me verse 10. See verse 10. Oh, this is powerful. Verse 10. Hebrews 10, verse 10. Oh God. By the which we are. So you are now holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once. Once for all, all time. You are sanctified, you are holy once. You are set apart once for all time. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's amazing how I'm teaching this. I got in last night, really tired, but God is helping me. God is helping me. Glory to God. Are you blessed by this? Come on, are you blessed by this? Are you blessed by this? Hebrews 10, 11 to 15, KJV, message and TPT, and I'll close. Hebrews 10, 11 to 15, I'll continue next week. Hebrews 10, 11 to 15, glory to God. Glory to God. In the name of Jesus, I am sanctified. I am set apart. My family is set apart. My home is set apart. My business is set apart. In the name of Jesus. Okay, I'm done. Every priest... Standard daily ministering, watch this, and offering oftentimes the same sacrifice, which can never take away sin. So that thing that they were doing in the Old Testament, covered sin, did not take it away. It did not dent to the sin issue. That's why they were always remembering. Because they don't say that thing goes to expire. So they were subscribing every year. Next verse. 
Next verse. But this man, bad guy. Not the regular man. This man, not the regular guy. The regular one is Adam. This man, who, who remember that the man in Christ Jesus? That message I preached some weeks ago. Find it on YouTube. This man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. That's why your sins are forgiven past, present, and future. Because the sacrifice was paid once and forever. Sat down on the right hand of God. It's 13, let's go. 13, let's go. Oh, for henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. 14, let's go. 14. For by one offering. Somebody say one offering. Oh, God. It's one of the scriptures I read and I just start dancing in my room. By one offering, he had perfected for some time, for most times, forever. Them that are what? Are you sanctified? You are perfected forever. You are set apart forever. If this is your word, shout amen, somebody. Wherefore, the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that, he had said before, give me the message, TPT. Let's close. Glory to God. Message. Every priest goes to work at the altar each day. Offers the same old sacrifices. Year in, year out. And never makes a dent in the sin problem. Next verse, 12. As a priest, Christ made a single sacrifice for sins. And that was it. I'm going somewhere. You will love this. They sat down right beside God. Next verse. I'm going somewhere. You'll love this. And waited for his enemies to cave in. Give me 14. God punished the devil. It was a by a to perfect some Let's read it again. One, two, three, go. It was a by a to perfect some by that single offering, he did everything that needed to be done for everyone who takes part. Give me TPT. I'm almost done. Give me TPT. Give me TPT. I said you are set apart. Oh, God said to me, God said to me, set apartness brings money, but the church doesn't know. Because there are certain things that God has set apart for you not set apart from you. Yet every day, priests still serve ritual offering and same sacrifices again and again. Sacrifice that can never make, take away sins. Guilt. Verse 12. Verse 12. Money, give me some sound. But when this priest had offered one supreme sacrifice for sins, for all time, he sat down on the throne on the right hand of God. Give me verse 13. God punished the devil. Waiting until all his whispering enemies are subdued unto, turned into his footstool. Verse 14. By this one perfect sacrifice, he made us. You are not holy. You are perfectly holy. By this one sacrifice, he made us perfectly holy. 
Oh, I'm going somewhere. You will love it. You will love it. And complete for all time. Do you see that? Perfectly holy. Complete for all time. Oh, too many scriptures. Let me do it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. What does this have to do with Exodus that we read? Let's go there. Exodus chapter 3 verse 5 put it up there put it up there let me give you the background yeah I'm done I'm serious I'm done this time I came done I'm done this time I'm really done keep it there some of you will get it some of you everybody will get it because it's simple like that watch this Dr. Ford there is a law in hermeneutics Hermeneutics is the, is the mathematics of Bible interpretation. The law states, my foster father told me, 98. Grandia. Every time a concept is mentioned the first time in scripture, the meaning is consistent throughout the scripture. So when God said in Genesis, let there be light, he was not talking about the sun, the moon, and the star. He was talking about Christ. Ooh. Because light was created in verse 14, 15, and 16. So let there be light was not sun, moon, and star. He was talking about Jesus. This is the first time God is speaking in the Bible. That in, in and of itself means that every time God is speaking throughout the Bible, he's talking about Jesus. Because Jesus is the information of the Father. So anytime God speaks, he's speaking about Jesus. The first time blood is mentioned in scripture is different. It means that the blood of Jesus speaks. But the Bible says, the blood of thy brother crieth. So you cannot use the blood of Jesus to cover. It's something that speaks. Because the first time blood was mentioned in Genesis, you got it. It's saying the blood of your brother crieth. So every time you see blood in the scripture, it's something that speaks. It's not something that works or cover. So the Bible now says in Hebrews that the blood of Jesus. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it. Manny, give me my hand mic. Give me this mic. Let's do this. Let's go to church. Speak it. Better things. Better things than the blood of Abel. Are you with me? So watch this. Watch this. This who shall I feel the anointing. This is the first time Emmanuel. Holy is mentioned in scripture. So the meaning of holy stays throughout the scripture. And he said, draw nigh unto me. Do not draw nigh unto me. Take off thy shoes from thy feet. For the place the ground. What did the ground do to be holy? Man was made out of soil, ground. The first time we see holy, God was calling ground holy. For we have this treasure. In 18 the excellency may not be of man but of God we have this holiness in 
earthen vessels. We have this righteousness. Together. In earthen vessels. We have this sanctification. In earthen vessels. So that the boast will not be of man, but of God. The first time holy is mentioned, now ground they call holy. Why? Because God steps into it. Christ in you. The Holy Ghost in you. How is the believer holy? The person inside of you is God. Holy. I decree you are set apart for miracles. You are set apart for breakthroughs. You are set apart for promotions. A thousand would fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. It will not come near you. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. Your path directed by the Lord. Your heavens are open. Now run, overtake, recover all. I decree in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who I serve and whose I am, that you are set apart for the good things of life. Your path is directed. If this is your work, throw your hands up. Shout thank you, Jesus. what did the ground do to be holy the ground didn't sanctify itself sanctification came on the ground Christ has been made sanctification for the place where thou standest is holy ground this is the first time you find the word Hagios scriptures. It shows you that it doesn't look for a good place. It looks for thin vessels. For God doesn't call the qualify. He qualifies the call. He doesn't call the sanctified. He sanctifies the call. He doesn't call the anointed. He anoints the call. So when God came, came into your heart, you became holy. Follow call. Sanctification entered you. Let no man put you under pressure to be holy. Be that holy for I am holy. Your holiness lives inside of you. Now walk it out. And even when you're walking out, it is God who helps you walk out. What to will and to do of his pleasure. Why? You are holy. Because the work on the cross was completely, completely, perfectly complete. I hope for these few words of mine. the holy of holies how did you leave how did you leave so uber took you out or taxify i carry the holy of holies i carry the blood of the lamb lord i worship Oh, yeah. 
set apart. I'm set apart. As you leave church, just I'm set apart. You know, people that I know, I'm set apart. You don't know? I'm sanctified. I'm set apart. I am yours. And he's mine. So we don't sing, cast me not away from your presence, oh God. Take not your holy. That's David's psalm. David was not born again. We don't sing, create in me a clean heart. You already have a clean heart. So we sing, you've made in me, made in me a clean heart. You purified, you purified me. You purified me. You purified me. You purified me. 